Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the 4th of July edition of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am trying to be timely this week. I was thinking about what the fuck am I going to talk about as I'm sitting here getting ready to record the podcast, and then I realized it's a holiday weekend. Is it your first sober 4th of July? Is that anxiety-inducing as all fucking hell? I totally understand. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about, about that because... I was thinking today as I was sitting here in front of my computer how awful my first 4th of July was when I I got sober. So it's 2022, so I stopped drinking at the end of 2019, day after Christmas. So I was about six months-ish sober by the 4th of July, right? Is that math right? And it was 2020, so it was the COVID year. And oh, fuck, guys, this was... This was awful. Like, I had an awful, awful day. And so if it's your first 4th of July, I just want to tell you that it might be awful, and that's okay. Like, let's just kind of talk about it, and I'll just tell you my experience, and I'll just tell you some other stuff, and then you can go on and eat your hot dogs and your hamburgers, um, both of which are lovely things. I, I love I love these, these things about the 4th of July. So let me tell you about my first sober 4th of July. I was at my parents house and it was the COVID year and New York had gone into phase one and you know people were allowed to leave it was like encouraged that you get tested and so we all went to my parents house myself and my siblings um, and my step siblings and we had the 4th of July. I fought the urge to drink that entire day like I was I wrote a blog that was called the ugliness and fighting the urge to drink but I wrote it on Andy's tavern which is no longer so I don't think that you can google that but I mean it was like the most constricted straight jacket that that I could have possibly felt because the entire day I was just on edge when you have these holidays which are fueled around alcohol and everyone you know my family they drink so I'm around everybody that's drinking and I'm like fuck like this is this is awful like I I'm the only sober person but I always try to remember my why because I know that if I pick up a drink I'm gonna be drunk at Christmas like that's just how it's gonna be I do not have the ability to moderate let me tell you why Uh, because of something called B process or opponent process so if you google opponent process or B process you're gonna come up with you're gonna get an explanation for this so the way that this works in addiction is that 
your body gets used to your behaviors or your A process. And if your A process is drinking heavily, then your body develops a B process to negate that because your body wants to remain in homeostasis at all times. So your body adapts that B process as time goes by. So if you are used to hitting it hard every single day and you're used to consuming like a ton of, of alcohol, your body adapts to that so that that way, that's why people that drink a long time, like, are not, you know, sometimes you don't even know they're drunk. Like, there were times in my life where I was just hammered out of my mind and, and no one would have been able to tell, but I was blackout drunk. And it's because I'm, you know, my body wants to function. So it wants me to walk home and take out my contact lenses and put on my pajamas and get into bed and go to sleep. And I'm blackout drunk, but my body is doing it. Like I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm not you know, puking all over myself because I, I, it has developed this. And there's like this de- depressive effect of alcohol. And so your body wants to like negate the depression with like stimulants, right? So it wants to, it wants to make sure that you are not completely and utterly blue. So it, it negates that with that B process, that opponent process. It gives you that jolt, that, that it gives you the, the adverse of what you're, you know, what you're consuming. So what happens with that is that that causes anxiety. So that's why when people stop drinking for a really long time and then they go to have one drink, and they're like, oh, it should be fine. You know, everything should be fine. It's like, well, it's really hard to have one drink because your body has developed that opponent process protocol. And that has developed over time. And so if you're one of those people that drinks a bottle every night and, you know, like, like what I would consider to be severe alcoholism, I would consider if you're drinking a bottle every night, I would consider that to be you know, not healthy drinking. And I'm not here to judge anybody, but I don't think that putting that much poison into your body is good at all. It's, it's really, it's really awful actually. It's, it's something that I would, if you drink that much, I would recommend that you seek um, some professional help to detox because that might even be dangerous for you. But let's say that you're a person that does that and then you safely withdraw, like go through the withdrawals and you safely come off of that drug and then you know, you say, oh, I can have one drink. Well, your body is going to release that alcohol protocol that's, th- that is the, the opponent process for that. It's preparing you to drink an entire bottle of fucking Jameson. So it, you're going to feel anxiety. Like it's not, you're going to have the drink, but there's going to be so much anxiety from all that stimulant because alcohol is a depressant. So your body doesn't, it wants to negate, it wants to be in homeostasis. So that's the opponent process. So I'm familiar with the opponent process. So I knew on the 4th of July, 2020, that if I had one drink, I'd be drunk at Christmas because I would have one drink and then I would be at the bottom of that bottle of wine and then I would be at the bottom of a second bottle of wine and then I would be vomiting wine all over the floor. So I did not have a drink that day but I had to chunk that down into like 15 minute increments like it was it was just constantly reminding myself of my why like look at all that I have been look at all this clarity that I have been able to gain from letting this go look at all of the things that have happened for me since I've let this go and then I started getting irritated with everyone and everything around me and the irritation was just a reflection of myself 
So I was irritated, for example, with my brother and his now fiance because they were obsessively using hand sanitizer throughout the time that we were together. And I was like, this is a fucking airborne virus. Why are you doing this? This is a fucking airborne virus. This is stupid. And like I was thinking this in my mind and I was getting irritated. And like every time I saw it and I like knowing the logic and the science, every time I saw it, I wanted to scream. Like I wanted to scream, I wanted to yell, I wanted to like go on a fucking like tirade about how stupid it was, why are you like this, this is so fucking ridiculous. And then I was like, I had to take a step back and be like, what the fuck is actually happening here? What's happening here is that they are exhibiting behaviors that obviously has to do with control over something that they can't control, which is a virus right like a global pandemic and they they want to ensure their their maximized safety and they are taking extra precautions but really it always comes down to control you know anytime we do all of these extra things it's really that's really what it's about like it's in in so many different ways and I was thinking well why do I care about that I care about that because I'm out of control because it's always about us. It's not really about the other people. It wasn't about them at all. Like it doesn't, like I don't give a fuck what they do. Like I don't fucking care if they fill the bathtub with the hand sanitizer and fucking go and, and fucking have a jacuzzi. Like I don't give a shit. This was about my lack of control. So I look out into the world at other people's lack of control like their their behaviors that exhibit this and I get mad, right? Like I'm like fuck, I get mad. Um my mom doesn't like to sit still for long periods of time. Like, I don't think I've ever seen her sit still for more than 10 minutes. And that's irritating me. But there's like, why is that irritating me? That's irritating me because I'm unsettled. So obviously, I don't, I am having trouble just being in this moment. So that's why I'm irritated at her. I'm not really, I'm not really mad at her. It's about me. So it was, it was really a lot of that. It was just a lot of like noticing the triggers and then looking in and then noticing the triggers and then looking in. And then there was like, I had this desire to reach out to a friend of mine. Um, he had been, you know, such a, a mentor in my life and he was just such a, a beautiful person and and I was like he's with his family he's not gonna want to hear from me he's not gonna want to hear from me why am I being needy and trying to reach outside of myself why am I being needy and trying to reach outside of myself for some man to fix this for me and then that was another thing I had to look at I was like okay well this is a behavior like I'm trying to go out rather than go in and obviously things inside of me are a little bit disrupted right now and I need to look at that I'm gonna just pause and tell you guys this gets better so if you're at the place where you're like, holy shit, this sounds like a hellish life. This is a hellish existence. I promise you by the next year, I was at my parents again and my stepfather and I were listening to um, the top 400 songs voted on by listeners on classic vinyl. And so we caught the the top, I don't know what, how, they've been doing it for days and we caught the top, I don't remember, maybe 100. I don't even remember. We were listening to it all day, like up until like dusk when the fireworks would have started. I think that that's like how they planned it to be so that people could listen all day and then you know you get the number one and then people be watching fireworks it was great um but we were listening to it all day people were drinking like I was like you know he was having drinks I didn't bother me one fucking bit I didn't give two fucking shits I'm here I am you know fourth of July weekend I get I give no fucks I don't care you can you can seriously get drunk right next to me I give no fucks but that first year that was really really hard so I do want to tell you that it does it does get better like it gets better you just have to get through this day and remember potent process is a real thing so like if you drink you're gonna be drinking at Christmas like that so I just want to ask you if it's worth it to you 
to do that and if if you think that you can moderate that's fine but then I'll ask you do you have a history of being able to moderate because if you don't you're going to be drinking at Christmas like that's it like doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you by the way there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you it's just that this is just how the the brain works the brain actually is functioning normally by doing that this is the way that the drug works um everything is working exactly the way that it is meant to be working so um yeah so that's that's what's gonna happen um I want to I'm gonna go into some points about things that people make I'll have a better time if I drink nope 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 nope. you won't have a better time at all you're just gonna have a hangover um it's just gonna be gross you're just gonna feel bad about yourself you're gonna be feel bad that you did it you're gonna feel bad about all of the things it does not make things more enjoyable this is gonna be something that people don't want to hear liking yourself makes things more enjoyable so if you don't like yourself then yes you will have a better time when you're drunk doing activities but if you like yourself and you show up to those activities you will have a good time because you will not be worried about what anybody thinks of you you will be able to socialize nicely in those situations guys I gotta tell you I have PMS can you tell can you tell I have PMS yeah you know when we drink it's usually because we don't want to feel something so a lot of times we do start drinking to ease the anxiety of social situations and then what happens is we do it for a long period of time and then we forget just how to naturally be in social situations but you didn't have a problem doing that when you were six years old like you didn't have a problem at 10 or at 14 and then all of a sudden at 22 you can't show up to a room full of people without having a margarita in your hand although at 22 it's probably like a bush light I don't know something like that so it's really interesting um yeah things are not more enjoyable they're not more enjoyable when you're drunk I promise they're not more enjoyable your inner reality is what dictates your enjoyment and when you have a peaceful inner reality every single situation that you show up to is more enjoyable so if you have a peaceful inner reality you're able to really fully take that in I went to um Uh, an art show opening at a gallery in Indiana with my boyfriend a couple weeks ago it is now right two weeks two weeks ago it was a beautiful beautiful show um and it was uh I don't know if I'm even saying these things right show gallery like I don't know I don't know um I'm sure that Martin will (laughs) he'll tell me if I'm if I'm saying things wrong I'm not in the art world but uh, we were looking at art and um his friends curated the show and it was beautiful and it was such a beautiful experience to be able to take that in and to look at the art and to just feel all of the emotions and all those things and I I had some anxiety when we first got there because we were the first people there so it was like oh shit like there's two humans in this room and one of them is me oh my god <laughs> so it was like a little it was a little anxiety inducing um I was fine you know, like it's it's always my one of my first friends who was a mentor of mine in sobriety, Elliot, always said to me that his his mantra that he had adopted was I'll be fine once I get there. And so I still carry that. I'll be fine once I get there. So it ended up being fine. And I had a little bit of uh, internal kind of pressure because I was meeting um, Martin John's friends, really close friends. And uh, after meeting them, I felt so much better. They were just such kind, beautiful people. But I was feeling a 
like a little bit of pressure, you know? And, and so I, I understand that anxious feeling. But fuck, like four years ago, I would not have been able to go to something like that. I would have been like, fuck, I need to maybe um, do a shot beforehand because I would have been so scared it would have been incapacitating so that was another thing that you got to look at it's like what's the story that you're telling about yourself that that puts you in a in a disempowered place when you're moving into these social situations why don't you think anyone would like you why do you think these people aren't gonna like you what's the story there because it doesn't make any sense as to why you would think that you're not gonna have a good time or the people around you aren't gonna like you if you've telling that story then that's what you got to look at and that's definitely what I had to look at in the beginning and the anxiety I was tell I was telling him I was like you know I just I really I really love you I really care about you I want your friends to like me because I love you and and it was um it ended up being really great but I did I used to have these things where when I would be going to social events or I'd be going to gatherings I would think I just needed to have that little bit that little bit dulls you it dulls you it makes you less fun it really does and it takes you out of the moment so you're no longer present in the moment so if you're going to the beach for the fourth of July I talked about this in my last podcast are you enjoying drinking or are you enjoying the beach? Like, do you have, like, are all the times that you've gone to the beach, do you remember those times? Like, were you there? Do you remember what you and your people talked about? Do you remember the feeling of the ocean? Do you remember the feeling of the sun? Do you remember the vitamin D? Do you remember, do you remember just, like, feeling alive in your body? Or did you just fucking check out? Like, did you just say, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna check out. I'm just, you know, just gonna, just gonna leave. Like, nah, man, you, you want to be present in your body, in your experiences, with your friends, with your family. Those are the things that you really like. You do not give two flying fucks about alcohol. You just are put. alcohol's a Band-Aid. Like, it is a Band-Aid for the shit that really is the issue. And the issue is, the issue is not alcohol and drinking. Drinking is not a problem. It's the result of a problem. It's always been the result of a problem. So, like... If you stop drinking and then you just pick up another vice and just use that vice for the rest of whatever, you still haven't addressed the thing that's there. Like, you still haven't quite addressed it. So I'm just letting you know that. You got to look at the stuff. And that comes with discomfort. But now... I'm talking about just getting through the 4th of July. So that's the deeper inner work that I do with my coaching clients. And that's the deeper inner work that um, I explore. So if you're interested in exploring that and working through that and maybe changing your mindset a little bit, you can reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. And we can definitely get on a call, have a little bit of a talk. And it has, again, there, there's really, I don't know if I've said this before. I definitely have said this before. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. So like the difference between coaching and therapy, that's the big difference. Therapy will tell you what's wrong and how to fix. Coaching will say there's nothing wrong. There's nothing to fix. It's about radical acceptance of yourself. That's the big difference. So I'm just talking about getting through the 4th of July. So if you need to pick something else up so that you can get through the 4th of July, then you got to do it. So let me explain. So I, I just talked all about how if you, like, I just talked all about how if you replace the vice with another vice, then you're not addressing uh, what's, what's actually going on. Well, that's true. 
However, big events like holidays, if it's really, really hard and you just can't handle it, there is no reason why you should not pick up a pacifier that you have um, a manageable, reasonable relationship with. So for example, I'm going I'm to tell you what I did on my first 4th of July. On my first 4th of July, in that blog that I wrote, I had asked myself many times if I have food issues because I was just eating. Like I was just, I continued to eat. I was just like, I just, I want to eat more. I'm just going to eat more. I'm just going to continue to eat. That was a pacifier. But it was because I was in such extreme discomfort that I, I just reached for that. Um, I don't have a relationship with food where that would be a problem. So like, for example, if I picked up a cigarette as a pacifier, that would have been a problem because I am addicted to cigarettes. So I did not pick up a cigarette as a pacifier, even though that cigarette would have done nothing because all cigarettes do is relieve the withdrawals from themselves. So if you're not addicted to cigarettes, then the cigarettes don't do anything for you. They're just reactive behavior. So on, on my first 4th of July, I just, I just continued to eat. I just, I overate the entire day. Is it like great to overeat every day? No, of course not. It's not, this is like, this is where we talk about it depends. It's not great to overeat every day. But if you're having a day or a holiday where you're fighting the urge to drink and you know if you drink that you are going to, you know, be drinking at Christmas because you have trouble moderating which is again totally normal because of the opponent process and the way that the body handles addiction and all that stuff I already talked about um if you are having trouble getting through that big major day fucking pick up the pacifier you want to eat ice cream eat it you want to eat more eat it you want to eat it three times fucking do whatever the fuck you got to do to get through that day because you don't have a problem with ice cream you've got a problem with alcohol so just just do whatever you got to do. Like pacifiers are okay. I'm all about pacifiers. Am I about them every single day? No. Am I about them on big events where you're chunking it down into 10 minutes and you need to get through the day 5, 10 minutes at a time? Whatever you got to do. Like when I quit smoking, sometimes it would be like 20 minutes at a time. Well, you know, after I've gone through 20-minute spurts where I, I you know, I'm, I'm biting my fingernails and I'm fucking going crazy and I'm hating myself and I'm hating everything. Fuck, I went on Amazon, bought myself a whole bunch of new shit. You know why? Because that was a fucking hard addiction to let go of. So I took care of it. Do I do that all the time? I haven't bought myself something months. I haven't bought myself in something in so long. I can't even remember the last thing I bought for myself. But when I was quitting smoking, you bet your sweet ass I did. Because you got to treat yourself kindly. Treat yourself with kindness. We're not taught to treat ourselves with kindness. We're taught to beat ourselves up. I'm such trash. I'm garbage. I'm awful. Stop. Jesus Christ. Stop it. Why are you saying that shit? You're saying that shit. And then what? Your brain believes everything that you tell it. Do you think that you're controlling the show? Your subconscious is. And it's always listening. It's listening to you 90% of the time. It might even be 95. I always forget what the statistic is. It's definitely not less than 90. I know that. I always just forget if it's 90 or 95. But it's always controlling what's going on. So it does monitor your self-talk. So if you're, you know, trying to work through what I would consider to be a serious thing, like drinking too much and you're trying to let that go uh, you got to be nice you got to be nice to yourself I was just um you know I don't want to go too much into alcohol but 
I got to say that there is nothing desirable about alcohol. I've talked about this in the different books that you could read in the past. And I don't know if I've mentioned Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman. But if you haven't read it, you should. She's brilliant. Holly is just a fantastic, phenomenal writer. And um, I just started rereading it recently. Um because you know I was I'm, I'm working with someone new and I, and I wanted to kind of put myself in the mindset of I'm just you know rereading some some material alcohol related because it's very it's good to have beginner's mind in, in that kind of way and to just remember some of the feelings and some of the liminal points that come up when you first stop drinking Annie Grace's This Naked Mind is another great book but rereading Quit Like a Woman oh my god uh, just just the idea that people think that alcohol is sexy and it's good for you and that it, it, it enhances your life. I just, I can't even believe it. Because I'm the kind of person that I don't like to be duped. I don't like to be, you know, I don't like to be victim to a system. And Holly writes about big alcohol being like big tobacco. And we really don't think about it because we're in the thick of it. But people in the 1950s did believe the actors that played doctors on TV that said smoking was fine, that smoking was safe. Like, people believed that. Like, it was okay. Like, through the 50s, through the 60s, through the 70s, we knew that smoking caused cancer, and yet everyone did it. Through the 80s, through the 90s, Terry Hall on fucking the PSAs with the hole in her throat. She passed away. It was so sad. Nobody listened. And I was one of those people. I was duped by big tobacco. And it was so interesting because in Quit Like a Woman, Holly was writing about uh, the 1929 Easter Parade in New York City. And it was in Big Tobacco had realized that women were not smoking in public due to the fact that they used to be, I think they were arrested for it. Um, I wrote about it in my email. And I have since forgotten (laughs) the specifics. But because of you know previous um american moral ethos women were not smoking in public so big tobacco was like well we got to sell more cigarettes so we got to make sure that women smoke all the time and not just behind closed doors so they did this publicity stunt where on fifth avenue in manhattan between 44th and 48th streets they had all these women stand outside and smoke lucky strikes because they figured out that women smoke as a rejection of like these feminine norms about how they should be basically rejecting the patriarchy right like so that was what what women did like they smoked as like a symbol of masculinity almost and that was why I smoked and they did they they just painted this huge publicity stunt as like a a symbol for women's liberation so they could sell cigarettes and then women went on thinking like oh this is I'm doing this and I'm radical and I'm all these things and I'm I'm you know I'm a tough bitch and really it was just to sell cigarettes and big alcohol is doing that now with wine and whiskey and like I used to think I was so tough because I was drinking whiskey with the men you know and and, and in reality what that was that was not my created image that was the that was an image that was created by a system that I have rebelled against so I, trying to be equal to men, you know, in, in my, in my, I'm drinking beer and I'm drinking whiskey and I'm, I'm tough and I'm this. It's like, that is what big alcohol wanted me to think so they could sell more alcohol. And what does that do besides kill me? I don't know. It just makes me puffy. 
Like, that was the thing. Like, we have all of this beautiful, divine, feminine power. And I'm not even trying to get all, you know, feminist here. Because I'm, I'm, I love men. I think I've talked about this in the podcast. Just how deeply I love men. I love men. I love them. I think they're fucking amazing. Ugh, love men. Most of my friends are men. Men are fantastic. I love men. I am not, but I'm, I, I'm not going to fall for that. Because my beautiful divine power and my, and not only my beauty as a soul and a spirit and a being, but my physical beauty, my physical beauty all goes to shit when I'm drinking all the time. Like it just makes us puffy, like puffy and we carry extra weight and there's nothing wrong with carrying extra, extra weight, but I didn't really like that. Like, I'm sorry, like if I could not drink and feel better and it's not just because of calories it's because it's fucking sugar it's crazy your body it's poison so your body's gonna deal with it before it deals with anything else it affects your gut health so poorly you know you get things like leaky gut and that affects your immune system and also that also affects your weight I mean like it just does so much there's just nothing good about it and big alcohol dupes the fuck out of women the same way the big tobacco did. And the whole society, like, we're all just so, st- like, stupid. I'm not trying to, like, be a dick here, but, like, it's stupid. You're stupid. You're putting poison in your body. There's nothing enjoyable about it. If you're try, if you don't think that this is stupid, like, you have to realize that you're living under the influence of a system. And that system has one goal, and that goal is to make money. And that's it. And do you like being the person that's living under the influence of a system that's trying to make money? It's bullshit. Stop. Like, it's just dumb. Do you like that? You're going to die because of that. Like, alcohol kills as many people as fucking cigarettes, but it's seen as, it's seen as attractive, so we just look the other way. We're just like, okay. So stupid. But I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm going to calm down. Um, so if you need some reinforcement for the 4th of July, just go and listen to that last three minutes um, over and over again about how stupid it is that you're drinking and, and try to, you know, try not to judge other people's behavior. Try not to judge other people's behavior. Just care about yourself. But it's stupid. It's really stupid. Um, and, and you wanna you wanna care about yourself. That's the thing. You wanna care about yourself. It's gotta be about you. Your higher, your greatest and highest good. That's the one thing that's gonna keep you not drinking. Not drinking. You don't wanna be drinking at Christmas. If you got a moderation issue, you don't want to be drinking at Christmas. It's the Fourth of July. You don't want to be drinking at Christmas. Pick up a drink. You'll be drinking at Christmas. You don't want that. Yeah. All right, the next point, and then I'm going to kind of wrap it up. If you are at a gathering and you are feeling uncomfortable, it's too much, and you've already done the pacifying with the food, you've already looked at yourself, you've already done this stuff, it is okay for you to leave. And furthermore, it is not only just okay for you to leave, no one will notice you have left. And this is, like, if people are drinking and they're drunk, they're not going to notice that you're gone. Because that's the, that's the one thing about drinking is that, like, the first, like, hour, everybody is, like, in this, this wonderful, like, the first 30 minutes are always awkward because people don't know how to talk to each other. It's weird. Um, and then the first hour and a half is usually really great. By hour two to three, people are, are just blabbing. Like, they're not even paying attention. They're not having conversation anymore. They've turned completely into ego. And they're not, they're not even really paying attention to you. They're really just talking like that. It's, it's okay for you to go. Now, 
even if they're not like belligerently drunk, it's okay for you to go. You don't owe anyone any explanation. It's okay for you to go. If you got to go, you go. It's okay for you to go. It's okay for you to leave. It's okay for you to, as we call it here in New York, Irish exit. Leave without saying goodbye. That's okay. No one's going to miss you. No one's even going to know you left. I know our ego doesn't like to think no one's going to miss you, but no one's going to miss you. They're not even paying attention. They don't care. So if there's a, a huge gathering, people are drunk, you can leave. You can go and be in the safety and security of your own space because it. the most important thing is that you don't drink because you're going to be drinking at Christmas if you start drinking. So don't drink. That's it. No. You just take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Think about your why. Because your why and why you stopped drinking, you didn't, st- you didn't stop drinking because you were having a great time. You didn't stop drinking because it was so wonderful. You stopped drinking because it was just ugh, it was fucking up your life. And you want your life. This is the only life that you get to have right now. It's the only day. Day one. Talk about that in my group. Day one. That's what my group is called. Day one. It's day one. Every day is day one. Not, there isn't a day two or a day three or a day 17. Every day is day one. Every day is the day that you can be the highest version of yourself. So July 4, day one, just do the best that you can do. I don't care. I don't care. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to eat, you know, nutrient dense food maybe, you know, and you're, and also like, you don't drink. Well, maybe that day you're going to eat 65 cookies because you got to pacify because you got to get through this one day. That's okay. Give yourself grace. It's hard. It's hard to get through the first holiday, particularly one where we fucking get drunk and blow shit up. It's fucking hard. So I salute you. I honor you. I think you're amazing. You're going to do it. You're going to be great. And also like this, this for those of you who are listening to this after the 4th of July, you're going to be great because you can apply this to any holiday at any time. And that's important. It's important. Just every day, just be the best that you can be. That's it. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for coming back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I hope this was useful. If this resonated with you in any way, you can write to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. If you want to subscribe to my emails, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com is how you do that. They are just as good as the Get the Fuck Off podcast. You just have to use your eyes rather than your ears to consume them. Um, I love you guys. You guys are great. And I'll be back with next week with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Uh, stay sober. If uh, that's what you're here for, to, uh, to stay sober, I, I know you will. And uh, stay beautiful. I'll see you next time. Thank you.